Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey everyone, it's Kim and Eden, Talk Purpose and Truth. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. And I I just want to thank everyone. Um, We've been just getting a lot of different feedback. We've been getting listeners from everywhere, from the UK and France and Australia, Mexico, you name it. So that's really cool, as well as many parts of the United States. So it's always really awesome to hear from listeners from all over. And you'll, you'll see in a bit, we have someone from far away as well. That's the benefit of doing this via Zoom. I know, I know. We've had so many opportunities to have people on from around the world. So we have another one on today. Okay, so right now, before we get into talking to our guests, I'm going to read you a little bit about what our topic's going to be today. Um, And this is a little um, excerpt from Jake Woodward. Woodard. Um, Woodard, Okay. Yeah. How, how to heal. And it's about how to heal body shame. That's the title of it. Um, so start with the roots of the pain who shamed your body and at, at ooh, who shamed your body at a young age, who taught you that you needed to be physically perfect in order to be happy in this life. As you connect deeper to your soul, you will see your body as a divine vessel. If you were to walk through the forest and wouldn't judge the imperfections of the trees, animals, and plants. You just accept them as being perfect in nature. You come from nature. Close your eyes and place your hands over the parts of your body that you dislike most and say, I love you and appreciate you every day. Wow. That's that's nice. Yes. Good reminder. Training your mind to love and accept yourself and then I think you you actually are in the place for more change and transformation if you can do that yeah so what it's key word if you can do it (laughs) right right well I mean um I personally I will admit that it came really easy for me to have a great body all my life until I started having hormonal issues the last three years and all of a sudden different things they put me on suddenly just made me gain crazy weight, not crazy weight, but for me, it's just like, you know, going one or two sizes too bigger for me, it was just kind of shocking because I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm in the beginnings of my pregnancies again. And so, um, you know, it's been, I I have to work way harder now to get back to where I was, but I, it's been a challenge to look in the mirror and say, I love and accept myself. But I feel like it's a great lesson because it helps me relate to everyone more, you know? Right, right. Because you now, um, you never had that struggle before. And right. yeah, I get it. Well, for me, I've had it a lot longer uh, than you have um, for different reasons. And I'm just recently now finding out why I, why I, I kind of blocked my, I, I put an armor around my body which is the weight for me. Um, I always knew that 
concept, but I never knew the why part. So now I'm just now being able, uh, I'm able to figure out why with some help. Um, and it's, it's truly profound, but it's, you know, a lot of ancestral old beliefs that I was carrying, I was kind of repeating. Um, and, and so working through that is, is pretty astounding for me. Um, but yeah, but I always have, I've always had that struggle too. And when, you know, a lot of times people will say, you just need to love yourself and then you could be, you know, you could have it all, you could be thin and, <laughs> but that's not the answer. I mean, loving yourself for sure, but how do you love yourself? You know, you could say it, but it's fake. You know, it always felt fake for me. So, you know, now I'm just now starting to learn like of the real what true loving yourself really is. So, and it's not looking in the mirror as much as, and, and like saying, uh, seeing a, a thin body as much as I thought that's what the answers were. So anyways. <laughs> right. And I think this so, is a great topic for, I think a lot of our audience members are going to relate in some way. Mm-hmm. And even if you're, even if you're listening and you're just interested in, in wellness and, and, you know, looking your best or feeling your best, this is going to be a great episode for you. And we we are really excited and honored to have Rachel Newsham in from New Zealand. Well, she's yeah. not really here. She's here on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she has inspired tens of thousands to get hooked on regular exercise, trained thousands of instructors, and developed hundreds of workouts along the way. She's committed to helping the world fall in love with fitness and truly believes in sharing lessons learned while training for her own mental fitness. She wants to help throw light on the previously stigmatized areas of mental health and well-being as she believes mental health goes hand in hand with physical health. An internationally renowned speaker, program director, choreographer, and celebrity trainer for Les Mills. And, and we know her through Glenn Marsden, the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. She's done a lot of wonderful work for them. And I just love that she's so real. And even being so well-known and, and, you know, celebrated for what she does, she's just totally authentic. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you very much, ladies. It is it's just cool to be invited to be part of something on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's looking for that connection. And it's lovely to meet you both through Glenn and his Imperfectly Perfect campaign. Uh, it's kindred spirits. It's like-minded souls. It's, um, yeah, it's finding growth within each other. And I'm just really honored that you would think to invite me. So thank you very much. Yeah. Now we have a new friend from New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who lives in yeah. We've been picking up we've been picking up a lot of friends from Minnesota, Australia. So now we, we have New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're just a little bit further south of Aussie. It's funny. Right. A lot of um a lot of people sort of bump into you over overseas and say, Oh, so what's life like down under? So I sort of start to talk. It's like I've always wanted to go to Aussie. <laughs> this, this, uh, some people get confused and think New yeah Zealand they don't is an know extension. that the difference of the accents right I know mm, yeah I think yeah. I think these days a bit more so I think um our prime minister has helped put New Zealand on the map a little more right mm. right and I was telling Rachel that my best friend Jackie I'm I'm really close to her and her family and they're originally from New Zealand and so I grew up knowing the difference between you know, each one and, and got to go all over Australia. So I'm putting it out there on my, on my dream board to go to New Zealand soon. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. I'll tag along. 
Right. <laughs> um, okay. So getting into the questions, the interview, uh, you are definitely known to be very authentic and humble and grounded. And I, I believe in, in your field, people see that and you're different than a lot of the other well-renowned speakers and trainers out there. So what is, what is the difference? How do you stand out in that way? Good question. Thanks, Adam. It's lovely to be seen, actually. It's really lovely to hear that because we are who we are. We're born who we decide to be. Um, And I didn't get into the fitness industry because I wanted to be a presenter or an influencer. In fact, there was no such thing when I started. I, I started teaching in the fitness industry because I felt, I felt, my best. I felt the best version of myself. I felt happy. I felt joy. And I saw it on the faces of people that came to my classes. And I surrounded myself with people that felt the same way. So I I, I got into it a long time ago when it was a, a different place than it is now. And in defense of everybody in the fitness industry, I think we have, people have jumped on the bandwagon of the fitness industry to make a name for themselves because everybody looks at health and fitness as a beauty, a beauty thing. And okay, maybe it is to some people, maybe that's what they see as beauty. But to me, beauty is in the inside and I recognize beauty as something on the inside. So when something hasn't felt in alignment with me, for whatever reason, I may have had the answer. I may have not. I may have, I'm just sensing that it it didn't suit me. It didn't serve me. I didn't feel good following that pathway I just didn't and that's helped keep me true to who I am which is keeping it real Mm. and keeping it real means don't get caught up in the glitz and glam of the Mm. smoke and mirrors of celebrity status because the people are who make you the celebrity whatever that means in, in a word so and for me it didn't feel right I didn't want I didn't want the um, the glitz and the glam. That's not what I was about. I was about the joy and the the happiness and the good feels that I got from doing a workout and sharing that with other people. So maybe maybe just listening to my inner voice has helped me keep in alignment with who I am, and that's helped me keep it real. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. And and I think that it sounds like you're very intuitive because you you mentioned like how you, what you were sensing, what you were feeling. And so I think that's great advice for everyone, you know, to to start practicing, getting in tune with that as well. And earlier we were talking about body shaming and what is your take on that? And have you ever experienced any struggles or self-sabotage with that? What is my take on body shaming? Ah, yeah, this is a, this is a really big area for people and specifically in, in where we are at the moment, we're looking we're looking ahead and we're looking back as, as a generation, you know, who came before us, who's coming after us, and we're witnessing an effect or an impact of right now on the next generation. You know, eight-year-olds, they did a study in New Zealand and the results have just come out this last week that eight-year-old children are aware of body image. Eight-year-old children are aware of body image which, which means they're aware of what is deemed good and bad. Yeah. And at eight years old, I barely mm-hmm. looked in the mirror. I had, I had no understanding of body image. I, nobody spoke about it. Nobody cared about it. 
So now it bothers me a great deal, and it has done for a while as I've witnessed a skew. I mean, it's always been there. I, I grew up, I was born in the late 70s, so I was around with the supermodels of the, the waif-thin look, which was the um, Elle McPherson, Cindy Crawford. I mean, Cindy had these beautiful hips, and she just had some meat on her bones, but it was also quite popular to be stick-thin, and mm-hmm. I've seen many different trends come and go. And I've not really understood any part that I can play in it until I realized that as a fitness role model, people look to us. And now because of social media, even more so look to the influencers on that platform as to what's good and bad. And unfortunately, we're being driven by algorithms. Right. And those those algorithms are um, people are popular because they look a certain way and therefore that becomes the social standard. And that bothers me because, in essence, you can't take your body into the next life, whatever your faith, whatever your religion, whatever your belief is. My my belief is that like I have been gifted with this this body and I will do with it what I can. But what's truly important is how I care for people, how I care for myself and how I treat others. That's the marking of the man or the woman. Mm. So I I really I really want people to look at it differently and stop conforming to what these algorithms are telling us needs to be as hot and beautiful. Because mm-hmm. what's, what's beautiful now is being able to get out of bed in the morning with a smile on your face and face a world of conflict and divisiveness and frustration and, and lead with love and show kindness to your neighbors, to your friends, your colleagues, when the world is literally on a knife edge of frustration and fear. And they're, 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 the world is in a struggle at the moment. And I think what's beautiful is to face that and still smile and still send love out into the world. And that doesn't come from the size that your waist or your bust or your butt or your thighs are, you know, you know, that comes from how robust your character is, how strong your sense of self is, you know, the work on the inside is going to be more important going forwards than the work that we do on the outside. Mm. I got chills. I know. I do too. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, know. I can really need resonate. We need all of us Re- need yeah. to hear that. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Especially right now. Woo. Yeah. So Absolutely. Much. And you talk about mental health and me- me- um, I don't know if it's versus mental uh, fitness or it's all one in the same. Um, would love for you to explain that a little bit to us uh, and give us some tips on it. Yeah, so physical fitness, that's what, we, that's what I got involved with, um, being able to sweat and smile, right, which is challenging because sweating means your heart rate's going up and you get uncomfortable and your brain says, oh, I'm uncomfortable, this is not good. So I specialize in doing things that make me happy whilst I'm exercising because I know I'll be more inclined to do it, hence the concept of fall in love with fitness, not obsession uh, not not anything sort of either side of the spectrum, but just something that makes you feel fit and healthy. Um, and fitness is strength, flexibility, mobility, stamina, uh, a lot of different things. And these are the, the components of fitness that we talk about or that we study when we learn about it. So in order to be physically fit, you, you need some flexibility so that you can touch your toes maybe. Wouldn't that be great? So you can bend down and pick up your kids um, mobility so that you can get up out of the sofa without taking three or four steps to straighten up because you've got stiff. 
uh, strength to be able to uh, lift a pair of ladders, like functional strength, that kind of stuff. And we talk about it all the time and it's widely deemed acceptable and we recognize it as humans that we need these things in order to be fit for life. What we don't accept is how to be mentally fit. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a bridge between physical fitness and mental fitness so that people can look at it with a fresh pair of eyes and recognize that you can address your mental health in the same way you address your physical health to break away the stigma of, I don't need to discuss my mental health. I don't need to talk about mental health. It's not a thing. It blooming is. It is. Let's stop pretending. We, it wasn't in the past because we didn't understand it. We didn't understand the brain. We're evolving and it's okay. It's okay to have a past. We can leave it there. Mm-hmm. Mental health in the past had a stigma. Well, let's mm-hmm. leave it there because it's not going to serve us going forward. So let's look at how to, for example, when you're feeling a little bit stretched at work because your capacity is being tested, there's too much on your plate, your work plate, you're doing too much, your boss is giving you too much because they're uh, low on staffing. You need to learn to be flexible mentally. So that means being able to sort of recognize why am I getting shitty? Why am I getting frustrated? Why am I getting pissed off with my peers and my colleagues? Ah, I've reached capacity. I need to be flexible. I need to just pause, breathe, inhale. And as I exhale, extend a little more. Mm-hmm. Exhale, breathe in, exhale, extend a little more. And treat that, that with less rigidity, like it's this or it's this. And this yeah. is all I do. Mm-hmm. Learning to be flexible. Um, sometimes you wake up and you're just too tired mentally and you don't realize, you think, oh, I'm physically tired, but you realize you haven't done anything all week. You haven't been for a walk. You haven't been for a bike ride. You haven't been swimming. You've done nothing that should fatigue you, but you feel tired. That's um, mental fatigue. That's too many decisions, too many thought patterns, too much neurological fatigue. And in order to do that, you need to recognize, okay, I'm going the distance here. This is a sprint. This is more of a marathon this month. So I need to train my mental endurance to accept that I'm I'm not going to be able to fix this task in the next 24 hours. I need to look at it as a a seven-day job. It's something I will do over the course of the week or, or two weeks and framing things in a sense where, okay, that just tested me. Last month was challenging, but I have developed some mental endurance mm. and what can I take from that? Mm. So, so that's what I'm trying to do just to sort of give you the, 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 um, the top level of that to help people just look at it slightly differently and go, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm not nuts. I'm not bonkers. I'm not losing my mind. Um, I've not gone speech marks mental. <laughs> I'm just having a human experience. <laughs> Rachel, you give us, you have given us so many great tips today. Um, I'm hoping we can kind of switch gears for a minute and get to know you on a deeper level. (laughs) One of the questions that you didn't answer that Kim asked earlier, I'm going to go back to that because it's, I feel, I feel like it's so important to, to get, have the audience know, you know, a little bit more about you if you are willing to share. So I know she brought up, she brought this up. Um, the question was about the self-sabotaging or if you've ever gone through any of your own um, obstacles yeah. and if you have past wounds that you could share because I know it makes you so relatable and 
our audience would love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. There, um, there's been moments where in the fitness industry, when you're on screen, mm-hmm. there's an expectation that you're going to look a certain way. And I understood that that wasn't something that I didn't understand. Uh, I recognized that, okay, I understand you want a certain look. So I made sure that I was that look for that particular uh, fitness filming experience. What I got from that, though, as I moved past those years, and this is going back a while, that was not who I naturally was. And therefore, I was giving people the impression that this is who I naturally am, but I don't walk around at that weight. So I use walk around at that weight. That's a fight term. So in the fight world, you discuss what do you walk around at and then what do you fight at? You have a a weight category that people understand. So to be to be in that in that shape for that particular workout, there was a, an expectation that I would be a certain not weight. There was no weight discussed, but a look. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I hadn't really thought about my look. I thought about my weight because of a fight at World, and I'd been asked, you know, what I weighed and what I was going to fight at. So I understood that concept. But from an aesthetics point of view, I, I didn't really understand or think about it. So then when I did achieve that look and I filmed those workouts or or whatever that was cool like I knew I looked really good and blah 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 but retrospectively looking back knowing what I know now that I didn't know then Mm -hmm. would I have done that to myself would I encourage others to do that I'm in two minds no is my is my first thought um or call of thought because what it cost was I became aware of my body shape which I had not previously had awareness around. Mm. Uh, call me lucky. I hadn't had any awareness around my body shape and wh- whether it was the right or the wrong, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't want to put that software in my brain. I don't want to put that lens on my eyes so that I look at myself in terms of whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the other school of thought is, well, what did I learn from that? Had I not done that, I wouldn't have learned what I've learned now. Mm-hmm. So I can't say, no, I wish I had never done that because then maybe I wouldn't be speaking up on it now, right? right. Maybe, maybe I had to go through that experience so that I could speak on it now at, in, at my stage of the career with my uh, platform to speak on it so that other people can avoid doing it because they don't have to because I have made that mistake myself. Mm. Um, so you sort of al- al- allowed them to body shame you yeah I guess you. that's it and I didn't understand that body shaming was a term I'd never even heard that term back then mm-hmm. and I don't think that, I don't think their intention was to body shame me I think it was sensitive to say to somebody we need you to look a certain way I understood that they understood the sensitivity around it but it was a decision that I was given the choice of it wasn't you have to look this way it's we're looking for this mm-hmm so you have right. the choice. Do you want to look like that or do you want to not be part of that? And I chose to be part of that because of where I was at in my career and what I felt I deserved access to and that, well, I can do anything with my body. I can look any way I want to look. Let's do it type of thing. Right. Um, and I think like celebrities sometimes do that 
you know, and it's, it sometimes does pay off for a movie role or whatever, but then they make themselves sick or develop eating mm-hmm. disorders or get obsessive or, you know, it's almost like even though they're doing a role, they're training their mind a certain way. And sometimes your mind does not know the difference between what's imagined or told to you and what's actually real. Mm, yeah. And what part did that play in making people think that in order to be coal, you have to be this size, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in that at the moment where I recognize where the skew is going with the fitness industry. And I've had a hard couple of years sort of mentally where I've had some really big challenges to overcome. Um, not that I've dreamed up myself, but stuff that's come at me that, you know, life comes at you and you have to sort of figure out where you go in that junction and what you choose to do and how you approach those challenges. And it's meant that I've sort of eaten and drunk emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I can see that on my body. I can see it on my body and I can see how I've been in the world. Like I've, I've not been my best self. I've been a version of myself that's been able to get up and go to work and do what I need to do to help others. But I haven't been at my best. And I know now that in order to go back to my best, that means I'm going to start behaving differently. I'm going to stop eating my feelings as I tell my friends. How was your weekend? Great. I ate my feelings. It was cold. <laughs> Um, so, but I'm torn because I don't want to reflect this, this skinny, super ripped person when I know that actually the world needs to see a variety of body shapes. Mm. So I'm at a crossroads ladies where I know if I do that, then am I joining a group of people that are putting more pressure on others? Or am I just simply being the best version of myself? Because Mm. I know this version is carrying um, emotional food storage. (laughs) Right, right. And I love that you're being vulnerable and honest about that. And I think that it is, it is great to, to go, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. My goal is just to be my best self, whatever that feels like, but also to be compassionate with yourself during whatever is going on. Because I know we always think, like for me, I'll think, even though I know better, sometimes I'll think, okay, I'm the only one having all these weird, crazy thoughts and anxiety and whatever. And and drinking my feelings or, or just trying to feel better. And the way to get out of it, I feel is to get more self-aware and kind of like go deep within and go, okay, how can I compassionately get myself into a place where I am back to my best self or become my best self? Yeah, you do. And, and the awareness comes from experience, right? Because you have to fall to realize that, that you hurt yourself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good, good point. And that like, A healer once told me, you have to experience who you don't want to be in order to know who you do want to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's really cool at the moment is that a lot of people are sharing their feelings. We're all feeling a lot more. We're feeling feelings. And and because more people are talking about it, we hear these grabs or these catchphrases, you know, like you have to know who you don't want to be before you realize who you want to be. Because that's the human experience. That is it. Yeah. We're not, this isn't Disneyland. We are not living a perfect life that the world won't change. The world won't grow. We have to, as a, as a global race that I believe humans are, are experiencing the worst of our capabilities so that we can recognize it and go, wow, we've, we've really gone down a pretty bad road here. Like we're not being kind to ourselves or each other. And okay, we didn't know any better. Maybe a few of us did because they were evolved to a level where they could recognize it, but no one was ready to listen or look. Now it's affecting a lot of people. We're now looking at ourselves and going, 
really need to do some work on the inside, how we're speaking to each other, how we're talking about each other, how we're putting expectations on each other is not, it's not got a good feeling attached to it. There's some growth there. And this right. is, this is the, the era of internal growth. I do believe the, the physical oh, yeah. growth has is, is always been there, but as adults, the, the growth becomes mental. Yeah. It, it makes me think of a post I saw you had on your Instagram and you said, um, you said something about strong women who pick themselves off the ground being stressed, lonely, sad, or lost and catching and balancing the challenges life throws at you. Mm. So what would you say right now, especially, I mean, there's some parts of the world where there's so much chaos going on, including where we are. Um, what would you say to women who just feel like, oh, I don't even know where to start right now with how Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I feel it. Um, I have those days and that's natural. And it's okay when you feel those days. That's a that's a rest. That's like a pit stop. We're in a marathon here. So when you feel those days, oh, I don't know where to start. That's okay. Recognize that you have to pause and breathe. However, then you have to ask yourself, which is what I ask myself. Well, what do I want to put into the future? What do I want to leave behind? Um, if I if I take a knee and go, right, I give up, then I'm becoming part of the problem. Mm. We can't afford, we can't afford to lose the kindness and the decency that is left in the world. And if we don't want to be part of the problem, we have to be part of the solution. And the only way to do that is to lead by example. Like we can't convince people to change when they're not ready to change. They need to experience it for themselves. One of these things I experienced in our level four lockdown is I woke up and I had these words, literally, it was like, you know, when you, you're awake, but your eyes are still closed. Mm-hmm. you become conscious and yeah. it, it's poignant it's powerful because all I could hear in my own head was why do humans not understand hurt until it's their own why mm-hmm. do humans not understand hurt until it's our own what is wow. the purpose of this why why is this glitch in our system of humanity that we don't understand hurt until it bloody hurts us And then we will stand on our soapboxes and scream and look for people to listen, but we refuse to listen until it affects us. Yep. Um, Yeah. And then they become the victim of it. Well, well, we have the victim status. You're right. (laughs) We have the victim status because we like, it's the child in us, right? It's the child that goes, well, it's not fair. And it's up to a grown up to fix it. Well, at what stage do us adults realize that we are the grown-ups of the world (laughs) and we we have to be part of the solution and it's okay talking about it. That's the first stage, recognizing it, speaking on it, but then standing for it and holding for it. When the world is sending you one way, if it's the wrong thing, doesn't mean you have to go that way. Mm -hmm. It's easy to be a sheep. Uh You know, it's easier. It is. And some days you think, I can't do it today. I can't do this. And that's okay. Pause, breathe, pit stop, but catch your breath and keep going. Like we, we really, if we want to leave behind something worthwhile for the next generation, then we have to be part of the solution. So that's what I ask myself. Well, Rach, when you put your head on the pillow tonight, do you want to go to sleep with a clean conscience or a guilty conscience because you could have been better or you took the easy road and you know better and you should have been better. How are you going to make right on that? How you make good on that? And how are you going to make peace with yourself over this? Mm. Deep. 
Deep stuff. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. My friends tell me I'm so deep. I recognize I'm that. I've got some good friends. They live with they live with me in the depths of my philosophical dream. We're we're all about that. That's what this whole show is all about. So we love it. Oh yeah. Yes. And how did you get that way? Were you always ah. this way as a child? Yeah, I was real quiet. I was very <laughs> shy. I was very shy. I obviously if you don't speak a lot, you think a lot. So maybe that was part of growing ah. up. Yeah. I was very shy. I was taller than everyone else. In fact, I've been this tall and I'm not tall now. Everybody listeners, I'm not really tall. I'm five foot six. Um, but I was taller than everyone growing up and then I stopped at 11. So I kind of, I spent my, my, most of my years being quiet and listening. And then my dad died when I was quite young. I was 19. It was, it was a shock. We had no idea. One day is here, one day is not. And that triggered a, an emotional experience for me where I had a huge realization that what I thought the future was, was very quickly not the future. And mm. I wanted to make good on the effort that he put into me for the years that he'd been there for me. Mm. So maybe that was it. Maybe that's who I am. I don't know. There's just a voice inside me. It's It's kind of like Rach that lives in my head and my heart that seems to speak to me. And when I have a chat with myself, it's like, well, what are you, is that the right thing? Like I have to ask myself and it's half of it's based on um, nature, like what I was born with and half of it's mm -hmm. nature, but half of it's, I, it can't be half, a third. I just got three parts, <laughs> a third. There I go, my math's paying off. The other part is, is the spiritual side of things that I, I feel, sense like my senses just because here's the thing for anyone that wants to hear it in a different way I try and put it out like this just because science hasn't told us that the brain can do this this and this just means that we haven't got far enough in our evolution to understand the brain my yeah. my belief system is I know that the sun is out there because scientists have told us it's out there even when I can't see it if, if I never saw the sun, I'd have to believe it's there because it's, you know, the scientists have told us it's there. And my sense feels the warmth through the clouds. Like I feel it. And so I listen to the senses that I feel in my body of what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing. And I don't always understand that, my gut, but I listen to it more and more as I get older because it speaks to me and it seems to serve me well. Yes. It sounds like you're highly intuitive and divinely connected or universally connected so we're all about that I get it completely so uh you know it helps everyone to to work on tuning into that so we do we have a lot of episodes about that as well so um it's just awesome I think this was so needed um it's like blowing me away how perfect it is for imperfectly perfect of course but for um <laughs> for what the world where the world is at today and, you know, when this airs, there's probably, I think there's like one month left of 2020. And so this will get everybody really, you know, tuned in and awakened and motivated and empowered. So thank you so much for being here. And definitely we want to know um, how do we find you? Um, where can we do your workouts? Uh, you know, you can find her doing some of the stuff with Imperfectly Perfect campaign, of course. So let us know. Yeah, um, so to work out with me, I am behind a uh, paywall. I'm part of 
I'm employed by Les Mills International, so I create workouts for them. So if you want to jump on and do a workout with me, go to lesmills.com um, or lesmillsondemand.com. So mm -hmm. one is in a club and one is online. Uh, my yeah. face is online, but you can do our workouts with your instructors in clubs close to you. Awesome. And then what about on social media? Social media, Instagram is probably the easiest way because I know my address on Instagram. I don't know my Facebook address, but it's, <laughs> it's Rachel underscore Newsham, R-A-C-H-A-E-L underscore Newsham, N-E-W-S-H-A-M. And yeah, same on Facebook, but I don't know my Facebook address. Just look for her name. Mm -hmm. So yeah, your Instagram is, is yeah, they very can find you. <laughs> I love your posts. So thanks. All Tony. right. Well, thank you so much. And sending you lots of love and light. And thank you for being on the show and sending everybody out there lots of love and light and safety and good health. Yeah, and I think uh happy Thanksgiving is something that I we should say right now, too. Do you have Thanksgiving yeah, there? Two days ago. Uh, Kiwis don't celebrate Thanksgiving as much as Americans. Okay. And yeah. Happy holidays. Okay. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.